If you have your Bible, we're turning to Luke chapter 2 this morning for our, our, our message. And we're continuing this sermon series on, called The Ghost of Christmas, and it's based on Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. And then that story, I, wanted, I just want to kind of bring you up to date in case you weren't here last Sunday. Ebenezer Scrooge is confronted by three ghosts that show him his past, his present, and his future in hopes of turning him from his Scrooge's ways and helping him catch the true vision of the Christmas spirit. During the season in which each of us are susceptible to becoming Scrooge-like, especially if you're like me and you don't like shopping. When I leave home, I know what I want. I know what, who sells it, that's where I'm going. When I get what I want, I'm headed home. There's a real blessing in that because my absence makes it room for somebody that wants to be present. So there's a good side of every coin if you'll just look for it. During the season that we're living in, we may need to see some ghosts ourselves that turns our bah humbug into Merry Christmas. Last week, we talked about how the Christmas ghost of our past took Scrooge back in his childhood days, his school days, his work apprenticeship, and we learned how he lost his sweetheart, Belle, because he loved his money more than he loved her. And we learned that Scrooge was never able to move past who he was to become who he could be. Can I ask this question before we look to the message this morning? Do you know anybody that, that is living like Scrooge that was never able to move past their past and who they was to become who they could be? Well, Jesus looked beyond who we were so that we could become what he is. And he took upon himself the form of flesh. He left heaven, the streets of gold, where there was no sickness and no more heartache. And he came to this world for one purpose. He had you and me in mind. So I, I don't know about you, but I've changed my place of residence in my walk with God. I don't act like I used to act, even though I'm not perfect. I don't always go to the places I used to go, even though I enjoy going. But listen to me, I realize that Jesus wanted to take me from where I was where I was living, how I was acting, my behavior, and he wanted to move me to what I could be. And don't, before you criticize me, don't re just remember one thing. I haven't arrived yet. I'm still under construction, just like the you, you and I. And, and you know, I, I'm watching a lot of, a lot of things happen, happening in our world. And, and, and some of the things that I see are just nothing less than confirming what God's word says. And as we look at the hour that we're living, we look forward with a hope beyond the veil of tears. If you're going through a struggle, if you're going through a valley this morning, if you're going through a very testing time, sometimes it's during those times of testing that our lives are broken. And in those times of brokenness, we can realize that one thing, God has a plan for us. And sometimes we look at a vase sometimes, and if it has a crack in it, we say, that vase is no good. But our lives sometimes are like a vase that has, has been broken due to circumstances, maybe physically, spiritually, or financially. And we come to the place that we wonder, is there really any hope? Will life ever make sense to me again? But during our brokenness, God wants the, the leak to take place in our areas where he wants to help us. And he wants the past to be able to leave the cracks of our life. And during our brokenness, he wants to speak to us, and he wants to put us back on the potter's wheel, and he wants to mold us and make us into the vessel that's acceptable in his sight. After the ghost of Christmas passed, at least Scrooge, Scrooge is visited by the ghost of Christmas, the present. And contrary to the mysterious appearance of the first ghost, this one can't be missed. Dickens describes him as a majestic 
giant in a green fur robe, maybe the original ugliness of Christmas swe- the Christmas sweater. The ghost shows Scrooge how Christmas will unfold the first year. First, he stops at the house of Bob Cratchit. Scrooge is a long-suffering employee, and Scrooge sees the small home and the meager ways that they've lived and the witness of innocence and joy of Tiny Tim, Cratchit's crippled son. Their next stop was in the home of Fred's Scrooge nephew. Scrooge turned down an invitation to dinner at Fred's house, so Scrooge sees the party going on without him. He sees what he's missing. He enjoyed watching the feast so much that he asked Ghost to stay until the end of the festivities. Scrooge realizes all things he will miss because his focus is on himself and his money. One of the most heartbreaking lines about Scrooge is when the ghost of Christmas present says to Scrooge, you've gone through life not noticing a whole lot. Anyone else guilty of that? I think of one of the highest challenges of being faithful today is not the persistence of evil. I want you to hear me. One of the most challenging things that we're facing today is not the experience of evil or the challenge of secularism, even though we hear this quite often. It's the constant presence of distractions. Anybody here this morning? Or are you like me? Sometimes you quit breathing when we talk about distractions. I've often thought, I've often thought about the distractions that all of us uh, carry with us. Does your phone ever ring when you're in the middle of a conversation? Does your phone ever ring when you're driving down the highway and you're in heavy traffic? Does your phone ever ring when you've come to church? True story. And the gentleman's here to confirm it this morning. I was standing behind the podium one day doing a, a service, a funeral service, and the building was, had a lot of people in it. And uh, I do everything that I can. to. I, I remind myself when I'm going to a special event, turn that phone off. This day I was so engrossed in everything that was going on and, and I, was, I, had, I, I had butterflies that day just like I do. Every, every time I prepare for a message, either here or at a funeral, I walked to the podium that morning, uh, that day for the funeral, and we had got down to the, the songs, the obituary had been taking place, and we got down to the message, and I was just laying out what I felt the Lord had for us in the service that day, and my phone rings. Immediately, my heart stops, and my thought life proceeds, and I pull that phone out, and I look at it, and I said, it's just Jesus. Yes, Lord, everything is just fine. And I put it back in my pocket. And this is one of the greatest encouragements that I've ever received from a church member. He said, later after the service, he said, Pastor, you're the luckiest fellow I ever met in my life. Well, sometimes I've been redeemed and sometimes it's been very, very uh, uh, discouraging, oftentimes overwhelming. But I want to draw you back to the message this morning. Since the shepherds this morning, uh, as we look at the picture of Christmas, and uh, since the shepherds' focus wasn't on the malls, they were in the fields tending to the sheep. They were probably more primed than the world is today to hear the good news that the angel brought to them. And the angel said this to the shepherds in the field, Don't be afraid, for you is born this day in the city of David, the Savior who is the Messiah, the Lord. To you is born this day, not tomorrow, not yesterday, this day. And the shepherds are able to respond immediately to this good news. Why? Well, 
There are many reasons, but the one reason I'd like to highlight is there was very few distractions. I wonder today if I would have the ability to respond to the urgency, with that urgency today. Mrs. Angel visits. That's really not good for me. I've got coffee appointment at 9 o'clock with the people that I drink coffee with. I've got some Christmas shopping to do. I need to pick up the kids from school. I need to run by the grocery store, but I'm free at 3 o'clock. Lord, if you have anything to say, just talk to me after 3. You get the picture. I'm not scolding you. I'm in this boat too. If a message doesn't speak to me, you never hear it. How's that? And boy, when I really get happy, you should be happy too. If you ever see me leap over the pulpit is because uh, the Lord's made a home run in my life and I'm scoring. <laughs> it's really hitting home. In the life that we're living today, the distractions of the season keep us from being present to see many miracles that God performs for each one of us. Can I ask this question in a very sincere way? Do we ever fail to miss some of the exciting things that, that Christmas has for us? Let me ask you is your goal this morning just to get from plan A to plan B? You know, do you remember the song, and I know those of you that are within 20 years of my age, you remember the song, if we can, ju- ever, if we can just make it through December, everything's going to be all right. Well, I've sang that song several times. It didn't sound as good as it sounds on, on radio, but it's, it, it ministered. And, and, you know, when we get from plan A to plan B, then we, sometimes the Christmas season just causes us to be that way. I mean, you know, sometimes it's a struggle. Sometimes we're presented with needs and, and we see things we'd like to do but we can't do. Sometimes we feel just it's just a hopeless case. Well, let me ask you this question. If you went to the forest this morning and you went to bird watch, what would, you, what would your ear be open to hear? I can tell you what you would hear. You'd hear birds singing that you'd never heard before. The robins would be perched singing a song that you can't sing. The blue jays and the whippoorwills would be singing a song they never sang. And the doves would be there to let you know that they were present too. In the same woods that's filled with obstacles, the travel through instead is filled with music and life that we've never taken time to listen or look for. But it's back to Christmas time. It's a season, and who has time to bird watch in this hour when we are all so busy? Scrooge didn't. Being present in a moment with him was a waste of time. His focus was either on the past or what he didn't get done for the future and what he needed to do to get there. His, his eyes were always on his ledger. His eyes were always on the bottom line. And his employee simply was a tool for Scrooge to make more money. He was a money-making machine. And as the ghost showed him, Scrooge missed the overflow of life all around him. What gets drowned out in our life today? Can we get so busy that we overlook the tug of our coattail of a grandchild that just wants a moment of our time. Maybe it's walking through the halls of the school and you feel some little guy grab you by the leg of your trousers and you look down, he looks up and he says, hi, pastor. Or maybe it's just walking through 
the rock on Wednesday night. And as your eyes sweeps the congregation from 60 to 90 kids, you see a, a, a table now and then where there's only one or two sitting and then you see the crowd. There's not enough chairs around the table, so they borrow chairs from the other table, and that's where it seems to all highlight, and the noise is, is over the roof, and the joy and the laughter, and yet there's the sideline crowd, and I know what they're hearing. Sure wish I could fit in. If I'd have just done things different, maybe I could be sitting at the table. Or if my folks just had done a little better for me, or maybe I could have been. And the past begins to be the ghost of their past. And we've all lived in the past. There's nothing about visiting with the past. Just don't move back to the past. Because God wants you to know that your present is a gift from him today. That's the reason we call today present. It's our present time. He wants to present to us the strength and the courage, no matter what we're facing, no matter what we're going through. He wants to know, us to know that his grace is sufficient and it's made perfect in our weakest hour. David Jeremiah says there's no present, nor does a world ever offer a present as great as the presence of God. What happens when God's presence ministers to us? He always comes forward in our life, not looking on our past, but he wants to see us today as we really are. He, wa he already knows our condition. He already knows our thoughts and our intents of our heart. But the Bible says he's not slack concerning his promises, as some men count slackness. But he's long-suffering because he wants you to hear what he's got to say. Have you ever been in a, a, a group where you had something to say and you wanted to say, but there was just somebody like your preacher just kept on talking, and you never got to wedge in your awesome point. And by the time that person caught their breath, you would forgot what you were going to say. Have you ever been in a circle where people were talking to you about this awesome story and instead of listening to the story, you were, your mind was engaged and you were, talking about, you were thinking about something you were going to add to this congregation because your story was richer than theirs. There's nothing like developing the procedure and the process of listening. Sometimes when I wake up in the night, Sherry is a very light breather and they gave her this awesome thing that you put on your face and it hurts me to look at it but she tried to wear it and it it almost killed her she didn't sleep for several nights till she finally said this thing's got to go and I in the dark of the night sometimes I'm awakened and I think Lord I'm open to hear what you have to say and sometimes I can hear this breath real shallow true story not many nights ago I slipped out of bed I couldn't hear her breathing and I tiptoed around the bed and over to her side of the bed and I leaned over that bed and in my heart I was saying God I couldn't face it if this is real and about the time I bent over her bed she says what are you doing Just checking. <laughs> what gets drowned out for us in Christmas? 
Do we miss the season because of this distraction? The easy answer is we miss the meaning of Christmas or the joy of being and enjoying our family circle. And every year for almost 40 years, I've looked across this congregation and my mind begins to kick in. Of, of those people that have, have graduated from our church family that have gone on to be with their Lord. And I think every, every Christmas, this thought comes to me, even though I don't highlight it very often. God, there's probably people that I'm speaking to that won't be here next Christmas, and it could even be myself. But I just pray, Lord, you would just equip us with the right kind of equipment, and you would touch these lips of clay with words that would encourage and lift up the body of Christ and cause them to want to love one another, even as Christ loved us in our most unlovable moment. And Lord, let my present be so exciting that I'll have something to share whether it's by word or just by action so that the world will know by this the Bible says they'll know you're followers of me if you love one another oh I'd like to I'd like to remember in my past we went to a Sunday school class where every Sunday you got a star if you were there anybody here besides me had that Sunday school class there's oh yes yes I see some hands from Midway yeah and other places too we weren't the only ghost of Christmas have you ever seen a person's name in the class and there was a long gap and then there would be a few stars and there would be another gap and another gap? And then I asked myself this question. If you weren't the preacher's kid, would you have solid stars? Are you faithful because of somebody else, namely your dad, and you, you know and he knows that Jesus is not the only one that wore, wore stripes. And, and church attendance was not an option at the White House. You went no matter how you felt. And I've turned up my heels many times. And when I turned up my heels, he helped me just bend over a little, a little closer to the floor while he... He had these precious words I'll never forget. I'm going to tan your hide. We never had a tanning bed in our home. But we had a man that knew how to tan your hide. And it was by that. It was by that. He, he got his point across. He, he kept the generation gap closed. And I just knew that whatever dad says is the way it was going to be. Whether I liked it. And you sure wasn't going to leave it. What are we missing today in Christmas? Where are we spending most of our time? I'm so sorry that I, I wear this tag, but for years I, I have been an, a workaholic, not an alcoholic. What's the difference? Just the way you spell it. You're all motivated by something. That's the reason we, we see somebody that's really been to the spirit store, you know. They, you see these signs across certain stores, they're retail stores, it says, Wine and spirits. <laughs> but you know what? I've never been intoxicated to the point that you could call me drunk. Maybe crazy, but not drunk. I'll explain it tonight if you'll be there to eat turkey. But you know, I've thought about this. Those spirits, our spirit is open to whatever it's fed. 
And I'm so glad that I can remember those little cards that, as I relayed the, uh, relived the past sometimes, those little cards that had Noah by the ark, David standing by Goliath with a sword cutting his head off. And those memories are bedded deep in my memory because I know that Jesus is real. And he came to this world to set the world free so that we could be the kind of people that he wanted us to be. And yet in all of our possessions of followers of Jesus, we can get lost by the distractions of this world, including the ministry. So sad, but reality, this next year there will be as many pastors lose their marriage as there are people that are sitting on the pew. Where do we live in this process called Christmas? Number one, we're going to reflect upon the one who left it all to come and be to us what we needed. And the blessing of Christmas, it, it flows through us with a spirit that spurs people to be generous with their time, with their money, with the meaning of Christmas on joy and being with their family. We enjoy food baskets that are prepared because people like you give to the ministerial alliance. We gave out food baskets for Thanksgiving. We're giving out Christmas baskets for those in need for Christmas. And then we have the angel tree where people come to the bank and they take those names off of the, the glass and they buy for those people that are listed on the angel tree so that we can help them through the process called Christmas. And our church, it's amazing. And I'm very grateful for the giving of this church response to as we have Christmas in the country and tonight it'll be a celebration of the almost 12 months that we have sown seeds into the children and many of them don't know who their father is and some couldn't tell you their mother by name my wife sits in the in the church office most of the time on Wednesday night and I've heard her come home with tears streaming down her eyes and she would tell me this little child I, I came to me tonight. They were hurting. I said, well, honey, who's your dad? We'll call and have somebody come get you. She said, I don't know. She said, well, hon, who's your mom? She said, I don't know, but uh, I'm living with so-and-so. And by the time she unloads the hurts, she's starting to feel better. And more than once, my wife has said, do you want me to call this person? Some people she's known and some she hasn't. And more than one time, that child has turned around. She's, they said, I'm feeling better now. I think I'll make, I'll make it. I wonder this morning as we just pause, who are we living close to or who do we know that might just want to unload some frustration, maybe some anxiety? And, you know, I could let Christmas just be another day because there's people seated in this congregation that wouldn't want me to call their name at all, but every every every. Every week, every day, they just pour into our life. Things that happen, that they show their love as, as an expression, overwhelms me. And there's days when I just stare across the steering wheel of my pickup as I'm running to and fro, and I said, Lord, I'm so glad for real America. I don't live in a skyscraping city, and I don't, I don't find fault with those that do. I'm just glad I'm a real America kid, and I'm enjoying life on the western slope of, Amer of the United States, having a good time. And I want you to know God came to this world and we, we see the expression of who he is and what he did on Christmas to make life better for us. There's a deeper need than we, and we often miss because of distraction. When the angel comes to the shepherds and announces Christ's birth, 
The angel doesn't send them to a palace or a castle or a congressional chamber. And still, instead, the angel directs them to a stable, a home for animals, no doubt dirty and smelly and unsanitary. And it's there in the most unlikely places that they find Christ, the child, who's known as the king of kings and the prince of the peace, and the shepherds find this gift in the most miserable places. Where would that be today? And what keeps us from going there? Distractions? Busyness? Fear? What makes us act like we do? When Christ, it's Christ-centered. It's Christ in us, the hope of glory. When Jesus allows us the time here on earth to be called Christians or followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. He doesn't look at the name over the door. He doesn't look how large or how small the congregation is. He doesn't even look to see if there's chandeliers are hanging from the roof of the facility where we worship. But I believe with all of my heart that God speaks to us and he allows us to see some things that he wants us to accomplish through his strength and through his mercy and through his ways. When we are distracted, we're not peaceful. Sometimes our mind is pulled several ways. But listen, God's peace means more than the calm of the storm for our life. It means more than assurance. It gives us focus on where we're going and what we're going to do when we get there. And in the midst of the four spires today on the West Coast and the terrorism that rages around our world and the political upheaval that's surrounding us today, we're here. We're present. With us now, he is in our presence, and in his presence there's fullness of joy. And he wants to speak to all of us. And may I ask this question as we close our message this morning? Is he talking to you about a place that you're afraid to go? Is he talking to you about talking to people that you have a little fear in approaching? Or will you follow like the shepherds, and would you allow Jesus to lead us to the stables of our world today? Luke says, when they saw this, they made known who had told them about the child. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen. They went to the stable. They found Jesus. His presence was real. They had found the Christ, the Son of the living God. And I close this morning by reading what I should have used first. And that's my scripture found in Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 20. And that region, there were shepherds living in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying 
Glory to God in the highest heaven. And on earth, peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste, and they found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what he had told them about the child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all the words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it was told to them. Would you bow your head this morning? As your head is bowed, and I want you to just see yourself and the Lord alone today. His presence is real. God is a spirit. And the Bible says they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. But I'd like for you to shut down the world around you and what's going to take place after you leave this facility this morning. And I'd like for that thought just to be about you and Jesus. The scripture says Mary treasured all the words and then she did something else. You've heard the words of a message today about the present, the time you're living, the things you're facing, and the things that's going on all around us. Mary treasured words that she'd heard, but then she took it one step farther. She pondered them in her heart. What's the Lord saying to us this morning? What does he want to get your attention on this morning? and ponder on them just a few moments. It's something I know that will make life more enjoyable for him. Maybe not without price, maybe not without cost. But God wants to speak to us every day in the journey called life. And the thoughts that race through our mind this morning if they're in line with the word of God and they're only in line with the word of God, if they're words of God, there's two voices that speak. There's the voice of the enemy. And he wants to always tell me, shame on you, preacher. Look at your past. I know how to turn that frequency off. I can cast down imaginations and everything high thing that exalts itself against God's plan. I can bring my thought life into, into I can bring it into the walls and tell it to go because that's the strength and the gift that God gives us. But just ponder this moment as we come to a close of the service. What's God saying to you? Lord, what are you saying to this pastor this morning? Who is there in life that I need to visit one more time before this Christmas season comes and goes? We have people in prison this morning. We have people that are sick and we have people in financial needs this morning. We're surrounded by people this morning that's held in a prison called addiction. We have marriages that are on, on the brink of a failure today. Lord, I could be in all of these categories had it not been for you. But I remember the day I pondered on your word and you said, when I'm for you, who can be against you? 
you brought to memory Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And it's been in my broken times, Lord, that you've allowed the wickedness and the sin and the things that I was stressed out about. You've allowed them to leak through the cracks of this old clay house that my spirit lives in. You've put me on the potter's wheel more than one time, many, many times. And you've taken the time to remold this vessel into what I am today. And I thank you for those moments. And I'll ponder on those moments till the day that I die. But Lord, when this body comes to the rest and I've taken my final step, Lord, I want to have pondered on the goodness of God and your mercy that never fails. I thank you for what you're saying this morning to this complete congregation. Lord, I just ask for strength of the Holy Spirit today to empower every one of us. Empower me, Lord, as the shepherd to have a tender spirit and a tender heart. Lord, whatever you, whatever you say to me, Lord, with your grace and with your help, I can take that step. And I challenge this awesome congregation just to ponder on the words that you're speaking to us today. And when we leave here this morning, we'll not only know the will, we'll, all, we'll also know that with their, your will, Lord, you give us a plan. And your plan never fails. We bless this congregation this morning. Lord, we speak peace over every heart and every life of every individual here. Lord, when we come back to this, the facility tonight and we see people coming to, for the meal that has been prepared, Lord, let us always say the words of grace and honor you in all that we say. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. And everybody said, Amen.